partnering churches in the United States with churches in Haiti is the strategy of Reciprocal Ministries International. How effective is this approach? Stick around and we'll talk about that. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. And if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Mark Bricker, and I'm the host for the Here at Home podcast. And thank you for joining us. We'll bring you a fresh new episode every other week, and we'd love to have you to be a part of our Here at Home podcast community. So go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, and that way you'll get each episode delivered straight to your podcast player. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with your friends. So welcome our guests today on the Here at Home podcast, Andrew and Don Toluchek. Nicely done. I got it right. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Mark. Yeah. So glad to have both of you guys here. I'm very excited. And uh, you guys represent RMI and we'll get into that in just a little while. But before we do that, uh, let's let our listeners get to know who Don and Andrew are. So, uh, Don, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up on the mission field, actually in Haiti. Um, my parents are Dan and Debbie Shoemaker, and my grandparents actually uh, founded RMI oh, down wow. in South Haiti. And so then my dad felt called to Haiti and further the ministry and help them uh, down in Haiti. And so. Uh, then he met my mom, and they moved to Haiti, um, and I was born in South Haiti. So that's pretty cool. A little fact about me. Yeah. Um, and then after 35 years, my parents came to the States. My dad became the president of Reciprocal Ministries. And so we uh, located in Fort Myers in Lehigh Acres. And so I moved to Florida when I was 15 and ended up feeling God calling me to a third world country. So, yeah, um, just looked at a few different countries. Um, during that time, I was actually going to McGregor, and I don't know if you guys still have it, um, but there was kind of a call to missions uh, during uh, GIC week. Mm -hmm. And so as a high schooler, I kind of went down and dedicated my life to go to overseas missions and so that was pretty fun and uh, went to the youth group here for quite a few years and going to church. So, um, yeah, so then just throughout uh, high school and then uh, college years, just felt like God was still calling me overseas. And so I studied cross-cultural communications and biblical studies mm. at Trinity College of Florida and then um, went to Paraguay. I've been to Mexico. Um Let's see here. I went back to Haiti uh, during college. And so uh, just during that time, I was just praying over the different countries I went to and just said, okay, Lord, where do you want me? Um, a lot of missionary kids go back to the country that they originated at. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up just kind of stepping away from Haiti and saying, where else do you want me to go? And God just kept on bringing Haiti back. And so then in 2016, I applied to Reciprocal Ministries and decided, okay, God, if you're going to call me to Haiti, then you're going to open the doors because you've closed doors before. So, um, yeah. And so he just provided finances, God did, and uh, work through people. And so I moved down to Haiti in 2018 as a full-time missionary. So awesome. I've been down there and doing God's work. 
Back yeah. where you were born. Yeah. yeah. And during that, you know, past couple of years we met and yeah. Well, before we get to y'all meeting, let's yeah. hear a little bit about Andrew and uh, where you were born. Were you born in another country? Uh, I was not. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was born in Idaho of all places. Idaho. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And was raised there on a dairy farm. And so my father did dairy farming until he was into his mid to late 40s. And God called him and my mother to missions, mm -hmm. um, and in particular, Haiti. Wow. Yeah. So kind of later in life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, you know, um, it's always funny when people will tell me, well, I'm too old to go on the mission field. And I think, <laughs> well, well, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, my dad... He said, I wasn't, I was born here. I lived on the same road and moved down two miles away from my parents. I'm just going to be here the rest of my life. And, you know, God's got a sense of humor and That's he tends to. That's a pretty story. It's, it's a whole other story in itself. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So at 16 years old, was, I went down with my parents to Haiti and I uh, had the opportunity to have perspective. Uh, and I guess what I mean by perspective is understanding that there's things more important than sports. Sports was kind of my life until that point. I was really hoping to get into baseball and maybe even get a college scholarship. And uh, during my time down in Haiti, I realized the importance of education and really that there's a world with need and a world mm -hmm. that needs to understand who Jesus is. Yeah. And because of that, I ended up going to a Bible college. And at that Bible college, God began to give me the call for missions and in particular, starting a Bible college down in Haiti, mm. of all things. Wow. So uh, due to my willingness of doing that, God provided the right mentors in my life that allowed me to start going towards preparing for that goal or that calling that God has given me. Mm. And I guess I should say this too, um, calling means that I get the privilege to do it. It's, mm -hmm. I'm just simply the vessel. It's not me doing it. It's God doing it. And, uh, you know, over the last 11 years, I've had the wonderful opportunity to continue education. I'm working on finishing up my PhD in higher education administration. And uh, surprisingly enough, I ended up meeting a wonderful young lady right over here. And her and I are both heading down to Haiti. And so it's just seeing God's faithful, faithfulness from that calling and him just affirming every step down the road that this really and truly is what he's called me and us to do. That's pretty neat. Yeah. We'll get back to hearing about what you'll be doing when you head down to Haiti. Mm -hmm. But how did y'all end up together? Because I kind of I think I might know something <laughs> here, but you know, you're in Haiti now and mm -hmm. you're... It, it, tell us the, some of the details here. Man, you'd think that we would meet in Haiti. <laughs> But as a matter of fact, that is not the case. Wow. So I'll, I'll back up to 2019, um, 30 years old. And at that point, I had a lot of people that said, well, I know a really nice girl from church or whatever. You should date her. You know, They wanted to set you up. Huh? Yeah, they wanted to set me up. And, you know, I had probably six to eight setups that, that some of them went well, some of them not so well. Again, lots of great stories from that. And uh, God... Um, brought Don into my life the first time. And so I decided after all the setups, well, online dating can't hurt. <laughs> Tried online dating. I thought, well, no one will set me up there. And her friend uh, actually said, hey, I've got this friend. She's from Haiti. She's got a passion for missions because on my profile, I also mentioned, you know, I want to go to Haiti. And so I said, oh, no, I'm getting set up 
online dating. So how low can you go? I don't even get to talk to the person that I would like to talk to potentially. But, you know, um, when you get to know people, um, usually it's better to date people that you're at least familiar with or familiar with the people recommending that person. And so I, I was a little, little skittish there. And I, I said, well, I'll pray about it. And I did, but I didn't pull the trigger on trying to get to meet this wonderful <laughs> wife of mine. And uh, jumping into February, I had uh, spoken with another young lady. It just didn't work out. And I thought, man, I wonder if that Don girl is still single. <laughs> so I go onto our Facebook page and lo and behold, she's got a picture with a guy from my church in Idaho. And so Don has no connection to Idaho. So she's got a picture with a guy from my church in Idaho. Um, and, and I guess this is in Florida where that picture was taken, right? Yeah. And so I thought, man, that is, that is strange. Well, definitely a closed door, time to move on, and COVID struck, and I believe it was Memorial Day weekend. I'm getting ready to take my brother camping for the weekend up in the mountains, do some salmon fishing and whatnot, and as I'm walking through Walmart in my local town, I see in the corner of my eye someone who's, she's, she's quite attractive. I thought, man, I might want to go and talk to her, and as I go to look up, I realize that it's the guy I knew from church and Don. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah. Just walking through Walmart. Just in walking your through town. Walmart. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, I'm looking at my phone, corner yeah, of my eye. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Oh no. And I, th at that point, I'm thinking, well, I don't really want to talk to them. Um, but you know, but this is your friend. Yeah, this this is my friend. But you know, it's it's one of those things where, yeah. yeah. So anyhow, he said, like, Hey, man, this is my girlfriend. She's a missionary in Haiti. Do you guys know any people and this and that? And so I knew of her. And I said, well, no, I don't know her. I didn't tell him anything else. I thought that would be a little, <laughs> a little weird. Yeah. Be a little weird. Yeah. And this poor guy, we end up yeah. talking, he introduces us. We start talking about Haiti. Well, it starts just cascading in conversation. Oh, wow. He got two sentences in and you know, he does not know anything about Haiti. So the more we talk about Haiti, the longer it goes. He's feeling left out. Poor guy. I, I felt so bad for him. I tried though. Yeah, tried you, did. you did. You did. I know. Um, but essentially, we talked for 30 minutes, and mm -hmm. I thought, well, the more I talked to Don, the more I realized, man, I really screwed up there. I should have pulled the trigger when the you first had your time. Chance, yeah. Right? I thought, well, it's a closed door. God, you know. Mm -hmm. And actually, I was a little upset that he was with her because I thought, man, well, yeah, I just thought, man, that's, that's really unfortunate. I really want to be with her. Um, so I just thought, well... At least I won't see him again because this friend of mine, he, he came to Bible study, but very rarely. And uh, so I, I just figured I'd not see him again. Go on camping trip, come back, and uh, I, I would help set up and tear down for the uh, Bible study that it was, as a matter of fact, young adults Bible study. Mm -hmm. And so 15 minutes beforehand, uh, lo and behold, this guy and Don walk through the door. Uh -oh. And... I'm thinking, well, this is ironic. Haven't seen him here in a while, and here they are. So as we start talking, um, I'm just talking about camping and whatnot and fishing, and Don starts getting excited about those things. And I think, oh, great. Not only do I enjoy talking to her and she's got a passion for Haiti, she also enjoys these outdoor activities I enjoy. And I think, man, <laughs> I've, I've got to close the door on this. And I, I have no idea. He's, I'm torturing him. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we get into Bible study. I'm getting done with the coffee. And I believe Don was just kind of feeling left out because her boyfriend at the time knew some guys in there, but she knew nobody and had talked to me. So she was going to come over and talk to me. And 
She said some of the effect of, well, you can go ahead and share this part. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to let her share now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So a little background um, for me was, you know, my girlfriend sends me a kind of screenshot of his profile. Like, oh, I found your husband. Like calls me. I found your husband. I'm like, ha ha ha. You know, like little dramatic girls like to be a little fun and dramatic. So, but who knew, right? Who knew? So, um, yeah. So I was like, okay. And then she's like, yeah, he said he'll pray about it. And then like, you know, dot, dot, dot. You know, all the girls are like, oh, that means no. Thank you. So, no. So, but he did pray about it. So, and then I just kind of moved on and I met this other gentleman on Christian Mingle. And so it was just super random how I ended up meeting him and they go to the same church and everything. It was just really crazy. So, um, good guy, definitely. Um, but we just didn't work out, but yeah. So we get to the Bible study and I'm like, Oh, Andrew, you know, he's getting coffee together. I'll go over and say hi. Um, and to clarify, you know, it wasn't like we were flirting or anything like that. We were just like, he knew Haiti and I really missed Haiti because we, I quarantined for COVID and everything like kind of left Haiti because we didn't know how exactly it would impact the country. So, um, that's how I ended up being in Idaho. And, um, so I went over and I was like, Oh, do you like coffee? And he says, no. And then just walks away. (laughs) I (laughs) get really hard. (laughs) I I was like, ah, rude. <laughs> but um, he was being honorable. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, I just decided I needed to close that door because if yeah. I continued to talk to her, I would have a really hard time. Yeah. Have you so. ever thought about writing all this out? Because this sounds like it could make a great Hallmark movie. So, it's so funny. you're not the first person. <laughs> yeah. <to say> that. <laughs> so it's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my mom said. Okay, so yeah. quickly, how did? Yeah, how, so where did? Yeah. How did it go from there? How did? Okay, go? so I'm gonna just do some cliff notes here, real okay. quick. But essentially, after that point, um, my grandfather was diagnosed with terminal cancer, hmm. and while it, it's just a very tough situation, the whole family came together before his first surgery because we weren't sure what the results would be, and we just wanted to spend time with them. And so my family's large. I've got six aunts and uncles on my mom's side. And so the, all these aunts of mine and my mother went shopping, went to Ross and kind of just to take a break with all the grieving and whatnot. And they came back and they were oohing and on at their stuff. And, um, at that point, my mother was living or just staying with me while she was in town. Cause again, she's a missionary in Haiti. So I'm waiting on her to finish with that before we go home for the night. And, you know, as they're oohing and on in the other room, all of a sudden it gets quiet. And then they say, Andrew, how's your love life? (laughs) And uh, yeah, I kind of got caught in that one. So I got to share with them about my love life at the time I was dating a young lady. She was also wonderful, just wasn't going to work out. And so they were giving me advice on how to break up. And my aunt says, well, your cousin went to family reunion. As it turns out, she'd married the cousin of the guy Don was dating and had determined, man, It's too bad that this guy's with her because she'd be a great match for Andrew. Hmm. So my aunt said, well, you should definitely go for that potentially if that doesn't work out. And I said, well, obviously it's not going to work out. Definitely uh, not touching up with a 10 foot pole. She said, well, we'll see, you know, well, as it turns out, things end with the young lady and I find out through my aunt that Don was no longer with this gentleman. And it had been two weeks, and I thought, man, that's a little too soon to be saying, hey, I gave you the cold shoulder twice. Can I date you? (laughs) So at that point, I sent a friend request. I'm praying about how I'm going to message her and say, hey, I'm interested in getting to know you. And she was very kind, too. Oh, yes. 
I accepted his friend request and uh, ended up saying, hey, what's up in Creole? And uh, hey, so sac passe. Sac passe. So, um, yeah, so we ended up just kind of talking and kind of took from there. So there's a lot of other little details, but God kind of just really orchestrated it. And yeah. um, this was all the start of November of last year. So How long have y'all been married now? Two months. Two months. Newlyweds. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's two been months. exactly two months. So. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. It's been wonderful. So. Yeah, yeah. It's been really yeah. good. That's a neat story. Thank you for saying that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Start working on that screenplay. That, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It could, uh, could help support your uh, mission endeavor. <laughs> All right, Not a so, bad idea. So uh, let's talk about RMI, Reciprocal yeah. Ministry International. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks listening might not know what RMI does. So I'll mm-hmm. let you guys, um, you've been with RMI the longest, so we'll let you talk a little bit about what RMI does. Uh, so a lot of what RMI looks at is bridging relationships. And so right now we're in Haiti and um, what where our goal is, is to transform lives through that bridging of relationships, specifically from a church to church uh, kind of perspective. And so um, we have a sister church program and mm. that is a church in the States will support a church in Haiti. And it's, um, basically, we want to see that uh, long-term relationship happen. And so we say, you know, have a three-year kind of dedication and say, hey, come down every year short-term with short-term trips, but have that long-term relationship. Right. And so you have that opportunity to come down um, for a week, Friday to Friday, uh, and uh, you're able to be with the Haitian Christian community and then go into the community and share the gospel through being the hands and feet of Jesus in many different ways. So you can actually um, donate food. You can do door-to-door evangelism. Um, you can have an open-air service. There's a women's ministry, men's ministry. It really depends on what your team is feeling led to do. But that is a huge way um, that... RMI helps those in the States impact those in Haiti. Uh, and so that's a little bit of what RMI does. The other programs that we have kind of branch from the sister church program. Um, but we're open to different groups coming down. Uh, it just depends on case to case basis, but, hmm. um, we have a hope for kids program so you can sponsor a child that's involved with your church in Haiti. Um, most Baptist churches in Haiti have a school that's involved with that church. And so, uh, it's really fun to be able to come down, you're supporting a little girl and then go to meet her family, her home, you get to meet her goat or whatever, you know, it's kind of fun, <laughs> a little different um, than some other sponsor, right. child sponsorship programs. So that's pretty fun. Um, and they have a solar uh, solar project going on right now and program. And so uh, we set up solar systems for different churches and you're, they're able to then have speakers and that will spread the word even faster um, throughout the community. You know, church is starting and then they do open air services, that kind of thing where in their yard or something. So, yeah, so the solar impacts and then, um, yeah, there's a goat program. So oh. you guys have actually, um, McGregor. BBS one year. Uh, okay. Yeah. It was like 130 goats, goats or something like that. Yeah, it was awesome. So, <laughs> um, and then 
as we bring that up, McGregor is actually a part of our sister church program. And mm-hmm. so I have actually been to Cote de Fer. And so Cote de Fer Baptist Church is your sister church in South Haiti. Right. And um, I have been out with two different teams to the countryside and to Cote de Fer. And it was really awesome. It was an awesome opportunity to do outreach. We did the door-to-door evangelism. We gave out the goats. Um, and we. I'm... I'm so thankful for the impact that you guys are having in that community. That is a lot of goats. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of goats. It took quite a while to get them out. You do notice all the goats. (laughs) I love what you said at the very beginning when you were explaining what RMI does. You used the term bridge. And that Mm -hmm. really is to be able to bridge the the resources with a church here in the States with a church there in Haiti. Is that a fair explanation of, of that sister church partnership? Yeah. And I think another thing too, it, it reciprocation. And so it's a two-way bridge. Yes. So, you know, McGregor, they help the Haitian people by providing the means to help spread the gospel. However, at the same time, the Haitian church, there's a lot of spiritual fervor. And so they strive to build that relationship with you guys and to encourage and to um, build up the body here in the United States as well. Pray for us regularly. Absolutely. And so that's, those are things that the Haitian people are very good at. And we're just pleased to be able to help bridge that gap that way as well on that two way street. So how many sister church partnerships do you have? Do you, you, Mm. am I throwing out a hard question there? No, um, we have, uh, around, um, let's see, or 30 or 32. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but we impact about 200 communities because mm-hmm. not only are we specifically in Cote de Fer, but there are satellite churches that you come and visit and you also mm. pray for and impact in that way too. Um, and so each sister church program that we have uh, has um, satellite churches that are from that. And so we're in, we're in quite a bit of South Haiti. What are some of the specific things that you've seen come out of the partnership with the sister churches? Maybe it's a specific story or something that would not have happened had there not been that connection, and maybe even something with our own sister church. Yeah, so actually before Don and I were engaged, I went down to visit her uh, in Lakai, where the operations center is in Haiti for RMI, and we had the privilege and opportunity to go down to Cote de Fe. And um, my background and my parents' ministry's background is all education for children. So, you know, the Hope for Kids program is near and dear to my heart and seeing that those kids are getting the education and the necessary means to thrive and survive later on in life. And um, when you go through schools in Haiti, you can tell by walking through the school if it's a healthy school or not. Mm. And so as I walk through the school that you guys have been able to help raise up and to support and to utilize the Hope for Kids program, you'd heard happy kids. In some schools, it's, it's a very disciplinary run program, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with discipline. However, when there's lack of creativity and a drive to um, make learning a joy, the learning is not necessarily as great as it could be. And so... When I walked through the classrooms, I saw happy teachers, and I saw teachers that had the joy of just showing their students new things, Mm -hmm. the children going from place to place and realizing uh, that Jesus does truly love them. And so, you know, we had the opportunity to go and share with the high schoolers and share a little bit about Gideon and the importance of trusting the Lord and that the Lord's got things. And sure, it's 
if, you know, I, this is where we get into some theological arguments, but, you know, getting throughout some fleeces and yet God affirmed all those things in the process. And so understanding that faithfully walking out what God has called us to can bring about great, great things in our lives. And it, it was just wonderful to see those students respond to it. And also, um, after we'd finished that, we got to sit down with the pastor and his wife and hear about all the wonderful things that were going on simply because of the means that you guys have provided and the support you guys have provided there. Hmm. So not necessarily a story, but for me, it's a story because it was my first experience with McGregor as well as RMI and seeing how that whole thing unfolds down there. And man, we'd love to have a team from McGregor to experience that with us. Yeah. Now, your background in education mm -hmm. and your what you're working toward, how is that planning on fitting in with the oh, man. when you're down in Haiti? <laughs> so, you know, RMI, Dawn has been called RMI for at least another nine months. That's what she's committed to. And so when we got married, I said, I want you to walk that out. Right. I believe in, you know, again, we're, I, I mentioned that I'm a vessel. I, it's not necessarily me, it's God using me to do things. And so right now I, I believe that God is leading us more towards a more long-term relationship with RMI that will continue to work with them. Could be four years, five years, and then shortly thereafter, maybe starting a Bible college down in Haiti. Um, again, while I'm 31 years old, I've learned that I don't know much. <laughs> I mean, I know something and I know some things, but I, I don't know much. And so I would love to learn under the wise people of RMI yeah. and help them build up the ministry that God's given them. And, you know, there's been some talks of things that are exciting that fall within what I've been equipped to do. Mm. And, uh, you know, maybe you're from two or a year or two from now, uh, you guys may get to hear more about that. And um, yeah, no, it, I think RMI's programs are just very, very exciting. Yeah. And being able to go out and participate in those as an educator will be super neat. So neat. And it's neat, the possibility of having um, some type of Bible college or institute yeah, there yeah. in the future. So I'm guessing there's not in that area. Well, so there are a lot of Bible colleges in Haiti, especially in the area that we're at, because okay. that's where the Baptists, I guess, Mebish is what it's called. Mebish has several theological centers, and they do a wonderful job. Uh, the Bible college that I'm hoping it starts more of a torchbearer school. And so the whole point of these schools, while they're academic, it's to help students understand who Jesus is, to create a foundation, spiritual formation, where, they were, where they're able to have a platform and an understanding of how to share scripture and things with others in the community. Mm. So it's more of a hands-on thing and encouraging tent making. So there would be vocational technology programs on the side. Oh, okay. And that way, not only is there evangelism in the churches, but also on the streets. Yeah. And obviously, if there's those who are gifted, we would probably move them on to Mevish's theological other, centers. Yes. Because yeah. again, we're all out there trying to spread the truth and the joy of Jesus. I so, like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Don, what do you do while you're down there in Haiti? What are some of your expectations for your role? Um, well, I first went down thinking that I was going to do a lot of the media and videography, photography kind of thing, um, but also going out with teams into the countryside. But um, it kind of switched over when I got there, you know, um, master of none, jack of all trades, you know, that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. So um, they're like, hey, we really need someone to take over 
planning teams or helping plan teams. And so I'm not the only one. There's quite a few of us that help plan teams, but um, I have a lot of interaction with the team leaders that come Mm. down. And so I kind of contact them and say, hey, have you filled out that form? You know, don't forget. (laughs) So that kind of thing. And Helping make their trips much smoother and easier. Yes, Yes. exactly. Yeah. So just kind of connecting with them. What kind of ministry do they want to do? And if they're like, hey, we want to do this different. And I say, let me get back to you. I'll check the big bosses, right? So I'll check with them. So so I kind of do the footwork a little bit in that way um, and then get it to the right place where everyone's kind of looking at, okay, this is what this team wants to do. They're on this calendar, this date on the calendar. So um, that's just a little bit of what I do. And then the other side, I go out with the teams. And Mm. so I think that's the highlight of most missionaries is going out with the team. So it's kind of a jealous position, you know, like, oh, you get to go out this week. You know, I want to come out. (laughs) (laughs) So by going out with the team is uh, meeting them at our ministry center on Friday and being able to welcome them into uh, kind of RMI and where they're staying. And um, so I'm kind of Mama Don for a week. You know, did you drink enough? You know, water Mama bottles, Don. half empty. <laughs> you know. that hydration is important. Yeah. At the end, I'm not Mama Don anymore. I'm like Nazi Don, you know, water <laughs> Nazi over here. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so, but they thank me because then Keeping they're the hydrated, team alive. Yes. you know, they're hydrated. So, <laughs> it's the truth. Um, but yeah, really it's being a missionary host. So we're not really team leader. We try to lift up the Haitian people people and the Haitians that work with us. And so we have our translators and then we pick a team leader who is uh, one of the Haitian translators that go out with us. And so I'm there just to kind of bridge that cultural Mm, gap um, that can happen or gender gap because I'm a female. So sometimes, you know, the girls are like, I have this question. I don't want to ask a guy, you know? Um, So yeah, I mean, there's that's something that I really I love doing, going out into the community and being able to share the gospel, uh, and especially with kids because I'll be kind of standing in the background, and I and I love that. Um, so I just kind of find the kids where they're playing, and you know, talk to them and say like, "Oh, do you know Jesus?" And so yeah, sounds like so you love what really you do. Cool. Yes, I do. Yeah. I love it. So. It's fun to see her in her element. I'm sure, really and cool. truly. So yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one of my favorite things is really being able to step back and see that cultural interaction between the two churches. So uh, specifically for me, the women's gathering that happens at the church um, is when it, we call it ladies tea. And even though there's no tea, <laughs> you know, girls, we don't have to have a reason to get together. So we end up um, getting together and a lot of times the women that if they, if there are women on the team, um, put together this ladies tea program. And so the Haitian women of the church will come together and do a program for the American women. And then the American women will put together something for the Haitian women. Uh And there's just this interaction that you just never see in any other atmosphere other than like these moments. And so I just love sitting back and being like, wow, God, like you did this. This is something that they'll never forget. And so just transforming lives um, is something that we all love to see as missionaries down there and doing what God has called us Mm -hmm. to do and help interact for, you know, with the teams and the culture. So it's pretty awesome. Have you all been to Haiti together since you've been dating or married? Well, while we were dating... 
I went down to Lakai's for two weeks, and then she was able to come up and see where my parents do ministry in Port-au-Prince. Okay. And that's when I actually got to go to Cote de Fer okay. uh, at that point. And that was the same trip we ended up getting engaged, which was quite a story in itself. So, Oh, my. Yeah. So if we only had that's more fine. time. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll have to do a part two or something here. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to um, talk about some stuff going on right now mm-hmm. down there in Haiti. I know with the recent pretty major earthquake, 7.2 magnitude mm-hmm. earthquake. And then just right after that, that tropical storm, was it Grace that came I believe came so. Great. Yeah. We've had so, so many, but so yeah. Seriously. Uh, just yeah. dumping all that water on that. Uh, mm. What are you hearing down there? And what is RMI doing? And, and then the follow-up question is, what can our listeners do to help? Yeah. So currently down in Southern Haiti, they, a lot of the areas have been ravaged. And um, especially in the mountains with that rain following up, there was mudslides and rock slides. And so uh, due to the earthquake, there were already fissures coming through a lot of the roads, which is surprising. You know, the 2010 earthquake, you saw it some places, but not everywhere. This earthquake, I've seen more pictures of these fissures. And so, you know, you can't drive down this road anymore and you've got to fill it and actually do something about it uh, for an infrastructural relief kind of thing. And, uh, you know, all those rock slides, mudslides, roads are just impassable. And so on top of that, there are no cell phones Mm. currently working very well. Some areas are now up and operating. But again, what are we, two weeks now, two and a half, three weeks out from the earthquake? There's still places where we are not able to make contact. And so, you know, for example, in Lakai, where RMI operates, I would probably guess more than half of the buildings are down and a little bit under or a little bit above 3,000 people have passed due to the, the destruction. Mm. And so there's a lot of families that have been changed forever. And there's a lot of loss and there's a lot of struggle and heartache. And so people are hungry. People have no shelter. And people are afraid because the aftershocks are still happening. Yeah. And, wow. um, you know, speaking of aftershocks, one of RMI's buildings that they are have determined is unusable. It actually became unusable after the primary earthquake, talking to some of the employees down there. And so, you know, there's a reason to be a little leery of getting back in a building. Yeah. I mean, you see cracks. Well, how, how secure is that? Yeah, absolutely. So there's merit there. And what RMI is doing is they've uh, managed to partner with Mission of Hope. And Mission of Hope is, they're very good at relief type stuff. And RMI is very good at distributing things because of their Hope for Kids program and distributing food for Connections they have. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, we believe in bridging gaps and making things happen and furthering the kingdom of God. And so, in this sense, we're able to do the best of both worlds where Mission of Hope is able to bring in all of the things and bring in the staff to take care of medical needs as well as getting the food in. Wonderful. And then RMI is helping them distribute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in addition to that, I believe Samaritan's Purse has got their headquarters in the conference center down there. And so, oh wow, yeah. Um, again, God was very gracious to us, and God definitely led our leadership to start doing things that, you know, talking to her dad as well as the VP, they didn't realize why they were doing it until now. Um, they are completely independent energy-wise because of the solar panel program. The entire uh, headquarters of RMI, they've got power, they've wow. got internet, they've got all these <laughs> things nobody else has. And so God's been able to use them as a major cog to his peace and bring the relief, relief yeah. needed to the people of Haiti. So how can people help? Yeah. 
There's lots of ways to help on the front front page of RMI. I believe it's rmibridge.org. You can click on Earthquake Aid, and there you can designate how you can help. So if you put it into the general fund, it'll be about getting transportation of all these goods for Mission of Hope, as well as raising money for additional food that RMI is trying to do. Uh, let's see here. We've got a bunch of tarps that we've currently purchased and we're trying to get down to Haiti. So if you'd like to designate funds to that, then you would just put that in there after you put the amount and that will help get those tarps shipped down there and given to a family that needs temporary shelter. Wonderful. And we also have water filters also that we've purchased and we're in the process of trying to get down there. And so again, designate to one of those things and that way you can help a family directly or indirectly and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're going to put that right. link that you just mentioned mm -hmm. in the show notes. So if anybody's listening right now, they can see that right there. And also on our YouTube site, they can see the link there and not have to try to remember what you just said. But it was <laughs> rmibridge.org. So. Yeah. Right. And I'd like to add um, just a little update of Cote de Fer and mm -hmm. the church and how, how they're they doing. Fare. Yes. Yes. Um, so we talked to the pastor and we were able to get through to him. Um, we haven't been able to physically visit just yet uh, because we're still, the dust is still settling, unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, with the whole situation. But the, he said the church is good and um, the school as well is doing good. Uh, but the parsonage has a ton of cracks mm -hmm. right now, and it's not um, really usable. Um, whenever it rains, it just pours in there, basically. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that um, will have to be rebuilt, most likely, um, and maybe resecured. Who knows? So we have to get our team out there and assess the damage and uh, see how it is. But very grateful. Most of the people uh, in the community, they're doing well. Um, but uh, we still have to assess a lot of, you know, maybe they don't see something or so we're going to go into the community and just see how they're doing. But so far, the pastor says they're doing well. That's so good. Let's praise, very good praise to God. So. And it's interesting because we hear these natural disasters, whether it's in Haiti or somewhere else, and we, we're, we're captivated when it happens. But I mean, it can literally be two weeks later and we're on to something else. Yeah. But yeah. yet it's just beginning there mm -hmm. for those folks. And it's been a country that's been hard hit, it seems like, with one thing after another over the last few years. And so I'm grateful for you guys to be able to share this for those that are mm -hmm. hearing this that they can not forget that maybe they will step up and say, yeah, I want to, I want to be a part of yeah. helping some relief, uh, there in, in Haiti. Yeah, yeah. We definitely love yeah. to have anyone and everyone who's willing to go down and be, let me ask us. you a question so, re related to that. What's the status of short-term mission trips, mm -hmm. uh, with, I know, you know, it was COVID and everything else and some of the political situation, but now we've got the, the earthquake and the flooding and the mudslide. So what yeah. does that look like moving forward? So right now um, we're good to go. So you, McGregor Baptist Church, actually has a team uh, scheduled with us to go on my birthday week, October. October. Yeah. yeah, so October it's coming up. Um, I think, it, I believe it's second to last week of October. And so, you know, I... He and I will hopefully prayerfully be down there where we are fundraising. Uh, and so if we can get the funds, 
um, then we would be down there at the beginning of October. So, um, but yeah, so right now it's safe it's for, a go teams, for to teams to come. Yep. It's safe for teams to come. And, um, unless we decide that, you know, there's something that's probably not safe for them to come, we'll let you know, we're always keeping eyes and ears out for that. Um, you know, we're flying our teams from the capital Port-au-Prince to Kai's, uh, in prop planes. And so that's keeping a lot of political out of, you know, reach mm-hmm. or anything like that. And well, that sounds like fun too. So it is, it's an adventure. It's kind of a fun flight because yeah. you fly so low to the Island. You can see some details that yeah. usually don't get to see. Yeah. So yeah. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So yeah. Um, yeah, we'd love to see whoever wants to come down and be a part of that, um, recovery and care of the community. So, well, we're excited about getting teams back out because we've had to cancel so many trips <sighs> over yeah. the last 18 months. And so to have, yeah. I think we have two scheduled this fall, uh, the one to Haiti and another one to, I want to say Hungary. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. That might be wrong. <laughs> Uh, well, that's a, a, a second trip. Yeah, so but it. yeah, we'd that's love exciting. to see everyone come down. Um, anything you'd like to add as we wrap up here about RMI or about yourselves? Yeah. yeah I mean, just prayer, a lot of prayer. So not, we know that not only Haiti pray, prays for their, you know, sister church in the States, but the States prays for Haiti. And so um, just praying for the RMI um, community our staff and uh, that are there, they're working yeah. sun up, sun down. You know, there's still that small worry of you know COVID or you know just all of that. And but mainly it's just exhaustion, keeping hydrated and safety because when people are desperate, you know, it can become unsafe. Right now we're okay, but just prayer for safety and then the leadership of RMI um, that they hear what God is saying and, you know, moves forward in that. Um, but also the Haitian people, I feel like that's kind of a said though, you know, there's so much pain and, um, need right now that it's just overwhelming and I'm sure it's overwhelming for everyone Mm -hmm. that hears it. So yeah. So just pray in that way. And then as a couple, um, we are fundraising. So just prayer that we can get down there because we're itching. You want to get there. We're itching down to get down there. Yeah. We we really are ready. And yeah, again, God's, God's working on it. Yeah. See how it all comes together. And we, we do want to say thank you to McGregor because Mm -hmm. as a whole, um, McGregor does support us and we are McGregor missionaries. So we just, we want to say thank you for all of those uh, that give. So thank you. We're we're excited to do that and excited to have you on the podcast. And I think that'll wrap us up. I know we could probably talk for another hour and maybe we will do it sometime in the future, but I think this will wrap up another episode of Here at Home. And thank you both Andrew and Don for joining us and being a part of our Here at Home podcast, our Here at Home community. And thank you listeners also for joining us and being a part of our podcast. What a blessing it is to be able to share with you, our listeners, what God is doing both here at home and literally around the world. And I hope you've been encouraged by listening to Don and Andrew today. And again, if you haven't subscribe to the podcast yet take a moment to do that and uh, you might want to leave us a review and we were talking about this before we started not only do we have our audio version of the podcast but we're also on youtube we have our mcgregor podcast youtube channel so if you want to see what don and andrew look like in their matching t-shirts transforming lives in (laughs) haiti 
They look great. And you can check that out on our YouTube channel and you can see and hear the podcast as well. Well, thanks again for listening and we'll see you back in a couple of weeks here at home.